Real Fun DC. So good you'll eat it up. Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Hello and welcome to Industry Night with me, Nikki Nellis, the show that takes you on a deep dive into the happenings of the hospitality industry. Now, sometimes there's a focus on culture and sometimes there's a focus on travel trends and sometimes there's even a focus on passion projects, but it all comes back to the industry. Now, what an incredible time in D.C. it is right now. I mean, the April showers have subsided. The sun is shining. We have a new Supreme Court justice, which I'm ready to cry. I know. Tulips uh, are popping up and the city is activated. Uh, Spring-inspired menus are rolling out. Seasonal cocktails are being shaken and stirred. Now, you know you can find all that info on the list, are you on it? Com, uh, and all the other fun hospitality things that are happening in the area. And if you haven't made your arrangements for Passover and Easter yet, the time has come, people. Like, you're behind. So uh, my little list bunnies have been scooping up all the info, whether you want to bring it in, dine indoors, or out. And, of course, you follow me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S for all my adventures in food, travel, and fun. Now, in to that point, many of you may have noticed that I went to the new musical Grace at the Ford Theater a few weeks back. And, um, you know, in the DC area, we are so lucky because we have a thriving theater community. And the launch of this show is an incredible example of the talent that's here in this city. So I'm so excited to chat today with composer and creator of the world premiere musical, Grace, Nolan Williams Jr. And a chef who actually needs no introduction, but I'm gonna introduce her anyway. Chef Tiffany Derry, you know her from Top Chef, you know her from all over television, but she is the owner, operator, and founder of Roots Chicken Shack Franchise, the Roots Southern Table. She is behind Dairyware. I don't know how she has time to be on my show, but she is doing it nonetheless. So hi to both of you. Um, Nolan, I do wanna start with you because I love a little background on you. It's not like everybody can just write a book and the lyrics and a score and put on a show. How'd you get here? Hey, Nikki, thank you so much for having me on. And um, hello to all of your listeners. And of course, Chef Tiffany, you know, I love you. Um, yeah, you know, I am a musician. I started off as a kid in the theatrical world. I was a boy soprano. And I also started playing at the age of four. So I've been immersed in music and theater for most of my life. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, this project is the convergence of many different parts of my world, uh, my family and um, the love for gathering and um, love through food and celebration of community of both the nuclear family and extended family through that. Um, the appreciation of culture uh, and celebration of cultural traditions, uh, the theatrical world and the ability through theater to speak inconvenient truths and to uh, convene people around thoughts and ideas, and then celebration of food, right, as legacy and, um, and music, the power of music, right, universally to reach people. So it is the 
the, the combination of those things. And I wish I could say I had done this work alone, but I have to give a shout out to my co-book writer, the brilliant Nicole Salter. Mm -hmm. uh, been working on this project and we're just really thrilled that uh, the, the show is having its world premiere run now at Ford's Theater. Well, so um, I, I want to get into the Ford's Theater component of it a little later because sure. it's really poignant that it is there, um, sure. especially when you're sitting in that theater watching the show. Um, so, but let's talk about the inspiration of the show. Sure. Where, where was that little nugget that you were like, ooh, I think I've got something here. So Nikki, actually the nugget came from a mentor of mine. Uh, he is no longer with us, but the great Stephen Newsom, who is a former director for the Smithsonian. He directed the Smithsonian Anacostia Museum. Uh, he was the one that first came to me and said, Nolan, you need to do something around African-American food traditions. And I was like, first of all, I have 20 projects on my plate. So I don't have time to take on anything else. I don't have time for this. Right. <laughs> you know, and I was like, and Stephen, I'm not a foodie. So I know I dare not say those words on your show, Nikki, but I do have to confess, I'm not a foodie. What is that? Uh, yeah. I'm going to back you up. I mean, <laughs> everybody's a foodie. Everybody likes to eat. Well, you like food, right? I, I like food, but I'm not like the experimental kind of, you know, so food taster. Do you like it? You like it? I, I do like food. I like certain foods. I'm pretty <laughs> kind of selective about what I feel like what we're going to go down a rabbit hole here. <laughs> he is selective about food. He said it right. No, I don't. Are we talking like white bread and mayonnaise here? I mean, where, what are we talking about, Nolan? Do we need to bring in a doctor? Do we need some help? Ah, some might say. Some okay. might say. But listen, this is what Stephen knew. St Stephen okay. knew that I am a history buff. And he had this sneaking suspicion that once I delved into the history that I would be inspired and he was right. And in Stephen's true fashion, like the way in which he operated, he brought me a couple of books. And those books actually helped uh, to turn me on to the understanding that the culinary industry in this country, as we know it, started as uh, started with menial workers, African-American cooks in kitchens who were doing what was then called menial work, right? Um, and they developed the early part of this industry. And they discovered over time that their cooking was a commodity. And W.E.B. Du Bois's work, The Philadelphia Negroes, one of the early works that I discovered, you know, he documents as he was going around Philadelphia and looking at black life around the turn of the century, that there were these enterprising black chefs that had found a way to turn their cooking into like these thriving businesses. Mm -hmm. So they were running catering operations out of people's homes. They had brick, brick and mortar restaurants uh, in the central part of Philadelphia. And he named them Bogle, Augustine, Prosser, Dorsey, Jones, and Minton. And that is a large part of what inspired uh, this piece as we know it, because the family in this story of grace is a thick, a fictitious kind of family based on the real person who was Henry Minton. Mm -hmm. And me imagining, well, if Henry Minton had started this restaurant around the time of Du Bois and that restaurant were still in existence, what would be the fate of that restaurant now? And what would that family be going through? Mm -hmm. And therein lies the premise of the show. Well, and I, I, the basis of the show is so beautiful. It makes me think of locally like uh, Ben's Chili Bowl, right? I mean, yeah just yeah. what that means to so many people in the city. Um, 
Sonia Ali is a good friend of mine. And I mean, just, you know, it means so much to people. So that's what I kept thinking when I was there watching Absolutely. what you were doing just as sort of a relation. But Absolutely. the show does touch on, I mean, first of all, it, the great song about the history, because you have that beautiful mural, which I yeah. love. But yeah. the history, you, you sort of explain the story of how uh, the Black community not just contributed, but created, you know, the way that we eat and the food that they served. Um, yeah. And, and uh, so it's an incredible song. So, but you, you bring in a lot of different things. You don't just talk about the culinary, you talk about the cultural and you talk about what's happening in the neighborhoods, right? Like yeah. Yeah. being redone and you discuss a lot of socioeconomic issues. That's yeah. a lot to pack in to 90 <laughs> minutes, Nolan. It's a whole lot. <laughs> it's so a you whole see lot. where I'm going here, right? Like yeah, you're, I do. you're touching on a lot of issues and you're touching yeah. on it in a way that, you know, you're really sharing it with people and being in the audience and watching the show, like, and experiencing it is is really meaningful but how did you go about doing that in a way that wasn't overwhelming because that could be yes. overwhelming. yeah it could be and so shout out to our amazing director robert barry fleming and jason our design west who is our set designer that you know uh, designed that brilliant set that you were referring to shout out to them well you know the thing that really resonates about the show is to see the diversity of a black family on a stage uh, and to see the various personalities and to know that, wow, these folk have so many different um, perspectives. They come from different parts of the family. Um, and in that respect, it's very much like my family. And, and when you then approach it like from that my family or like tiffany's family yeah, right like everyone's yeah, family yeah we're not all the same right mm -hmm. so when you approach it from a very human perspective then you know it's not that we're setting out necessarily to like okay we want to touch on this issue and we want to touch on that issue it really is about as we get to know these family members we need to understand what's important to them what they're thinking about Mm -hmm. what they're confused about, what they're frustrated about, what they're going through, what mm -hmm. they're hoping for. Uh, and that really then becomes the lens through which we approach all of these issues. So we've got a lead character, Rufi, who is the proprietor of the restaurant. Is, it, is her but, name pronounced Nova? Nova Payton. Payton. She is God, what a amazing. That voice. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, oh, my goodness. What a so, voice. Yes. So what is the song? I call it her Effie moment because it's like yes. the moment yes. of the show. What is again, that song? Again, again. It's, I mean, if you haven't seen the show, it, standing up, I assume there's a standing ovation yes. every night, but we all stood because it was yes. just spellbinding. Uh, she's such a talent. She's a, and, and listen, she is trying to maintain this restaurant that's been passed down to her Mm -hmm. um, by her Grammy that has lasted like over a century. And the question is, is this century old family landmark, cultural landmark going to shudder on my watch? Like mm -hmm. I can't be the one to lose this, to lose this heritage and this history. But I'm challenged by 
a changing neighborhood where I, I don't have the same customer base and, and I can't compete with all of the new um, restaurants that are popping up, you know, the Thai joint and the, the Italian joint. And I can't, at the swank new bar around the, around right. the corner, I can't compete with those. I don't have the capital to, to keep infrastructure up. I, I can't remodel. I can't even barely hold on to the rise, to maintaining day-to-day -day operations with rising costs mm -hmm. and challenges of just getting supplies in here. I mean, that's real. So it's not just a song or an experience or a track about gentrification. It's her very real, visceral experience of trying and wanting to see this restaurant exist and, and, and survive some major challenges. And that is the plight of so many Black restaurants and smaller restaurants across this country. You know, even here, Especially, we look at Horace and Disney. right now, yes. This is another... Right. A landmark that shuttered, right, um, in recent times. Uh, and Miss Tootsie's in Philadelphia, yeah. same, same fate, right? So it becomes very real when we see these issues, these things being explored um, in such a human way. Well, and I know that Tiffany can talk to that, but before I bring her in, I, I do want to talk about, because we're speaking about the music, it's, it's a real eclectic mix of music. You didn't stick to a specific genre. Um, was there a reason for that? I, was there something that you, was there something you were telling by sort of hitting different ones? Yeah, you know, I call it, you know, the real buffet or potluck approach, right? Okay, so Which is so here, much right? a part so of our tradition. Sticking with the food theme. Yeah, potluck, right? Where everyone kind of brings their own spin mm -hmm. on dishes. Um, I think it's really important in a piece that is ultimately. Uh, centered around culture, that we represent diverse perspectives and diverse aspects of the culture. And we see that through the characters. We mm -hmm. see that through the characters' experiences. We see that through the themes that the characters all kind of relate to, or are contending with. And then we should also hear that and feel that with the musical palette of the show, so that we get uh, a broad kind of uh, canvas that is painted musically. And, um, you know, it's, it's very eclectic and I think very effective. I totally agree with you because I think a lot of people could go in feeling what, you know, that it's going to be sort of not one note, but, you know, in a specific genre of music, but you you really cool. hit so many different things and uh, it just, flows so beautifully. Um, I'm going to come back to you, but I want to bring in uh, Chef Tiffany Derry. Hey, thank you hey. so much for joining us. So I'm sure a lot of people are like, um, what does Chef Tiffany Derry have to do with this? Does Nikki just want to interview her? <laughs> Which you do. But before we get into that, how about a little background for those? Because uh, you have quite a rich story as a young black woman restaurateur, uh, which is a very hard field to break into, uh, you know, as a woman and as a black woman, capital is really tough to get. So I'd love to hear your story. Yes, absolutely. I think it starts from the beginning, which is my family. Uh, my grandmother had 11 children. She was a single parent for most of her life. All of my 
uncles and aunts, everything we do is around food. So that was really kind of one of my first loves is just sitting at the table, enjoying the time. And when I say at the table, it wasn't one, one dining room table that all of us, I mean, we would be in the garage, we would be on the sofa, you know, anywhere you can put someone, we were all there. And those were precious moments. I didn't realize that I loved food so much until I turned 15. Hmm. I thought everyone ate that way, to be honest. I thought every family cooked, you know, we didn't do that, go spend nights at other people's houses or anything like that. So like, I just didn't have a clue about that. I get into IHOP, International House of Pancakes, and I go up and I say, I want to be a cook. And one of the, the folks said, well, we don't allow women in our kitchen. And I was like, wait, what do you mean? At 15 years old. How old are you? I'm 15 years old. Oh, like, how long? What? They don't allow women in the kitchen? That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Crazy. I mean, I know I look Crazy. like I'm 21, but. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're rocking my sensibilities here. Yes. Okay, go ahead. So, you know, I did what I always do, which is ask a lot of questions, bother folks until you tell me what I need to know. Um, And so I went into the kitchen and sure enough, one day someone called out and they called me and asked me to help. I said, yes, I went in the kitchen and at 16, almost turning 17, um, I was managing the local restaurant and um, I loved it. It was exciting. It was a thrill, like the restaurant business as a whole, I love. I love the cooking, I love the meeting people. Um, and I just love every aspect of it, even the business part. And so I knew I had something special at that moment that I needed to pursue. So that's why I ended up going to culinary school. Ended up going, meeting a mentor by the name of Mark Holly. He was the only, the only black chef I ever knew growing up at that moment. Never saw anyone that looked like me while I was working my way up through IHOP, culinary school. I didn't know another, I didn't even, I never knew a female chef that was doing what I wanted to do. So that's part of the reason why so often I talk about representation matters. Mm -hmm. Um, And so Mark was incredible. He was a different energy. He was 6'3" you know, all in your face. He'd be kissing babies, throwing the football around. Like he was a guy's guy, but he worked the dining room like I had never seen before. And it showed me that, you know what? You don't have to be just in the kitchen. You can be a different kind of chef, right? Mm -hmm. And so that was really kind of what started my love for the restaurant business. But then you went for, I mean, it's one thing to love the restaurant business. It's another thing to open your own business. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of people have stars in their eyes. I mean, especially with your Top Chef fame, you know, I think a lot of people look at Top Chef and they think, oh, I mean, I can cook that or I can, you know, give me a challenge. I can do a challenge. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people who, who are like, oh, everybody says I should open up a restaurant because I'm such a good chef. It's, I'm uh-huh. always, you're a good cook. Like, I'm a great cook. I entertain. Yes. I'm a terrific cook. You can, I, and I love the industry. I adore it. I have been in it. I adore it. But you can pay me to open up a restaurant. Like I, I know what's involved. It's, it's a lot. So that's a huge step. What made you decide to do that? That same chef told me, Tiff, you got three strikes against you. You're young, you're black, and you're a woman. Mm. If you want to make it in this business, you're going to have to be 
hundred times better. And I can tell you to this day, I still remember the words and I remember hearing it and thinking how unfair this is. Um, but it also sort of triggered another area in me to want to work, to want to succeed, to want to be the best. And in that, um, I just decided that I wanted to own the restaurant. I wanted to own my own. Um, and that was important for me when I was coming up. So it was always eyes on the prize. It was always, I'm working, I'm working, I'm getting to the point so that I can have my own, so that I can make the decisions. But again, you know, that definitely was not an easy, an easy task being, you know, turned down for jobs that you felt like you were qualified for getting paid less than people who, who actually <laughs> came to you for all the answers. And so you just, you just, in a way, have to figure that part out. How do I navigate those waters? And for me, it was through positive energy. I, I didn't allow what I saw to affect me um, and to affect my outcome. I knew that I would get there. I just had to bet on myself. And that's not easy when no one else wants to give you money. You have a great business plan, but they tell you, you know, your Southern food is not what people want to eat. They tell you, you know, no one's going to spend they, that kind of money. They wrong, right? Like, watch me now, right? Yes, like, yes. I, I, I love it. I, I'm happy that, you know, I'm able to tell this part of the story, right? Because there are many people who give up when things don't go the way that they dreamed or felt like it should go. But I feel like my example is the one where if you just keep going and you just keep doing what you need to do and being true to yourself, then it will pay off. But we don't know the time that it'll happen. We don't know any of those things, but it, it, it can, it can happen. And so um, right now I have Roots Chicken Shack. I have one in Plano, have another Roots Chicken Shack in Austin. That's my fast, casual concept. Right. I'm home of the duck fat fried chicken yeah. and um, two birds together that makes <laughs> all the sense in the world. I love it. Right. And then Ruth Southern Table, which is uh, in Informers Branch, which is now nominated for a James Beard okay. Best New Restaurant. I can't believe it. Incredible. Um, you're also very involved with the James Beard Foundation, you're involved with their sustainability arm, aren't you? I have. I have been uh, a part of helping to make sure that food policies are being done in the way that we need them to be, um, working alongside with the Farm Bill. Also, I do a lot with uh, JBF with their sustainability efforts and the Waste Not campaign. Um, and I've done a lot of boot camp with where we basically go in and train yeah. yeah, other chefs to be able to lobby for food policy. So, yes, I have. And I've, I've actually been asked to stand up on that stage and give that award to someone else while secretly wanting to have it for myself, you know, and so... I hope to uh, be there with you in Chicago and watch you receive. Okay. <laughs> okay, so let's get, now that we've gone down that rabbit hole, let's, uh, so with all that you're doing and you are doing so much, how did you and Nolan connect and, and how are you involved in Grace? Like where, what's, what are you doing there? So we have a very common good friend by the name of Carla Hall. Oh, wow. Amazing, no Carla Hall. Culinary um, ambassador for the show, by the way. So that is how, because Carla is the culinary ambassador. But aren't you the ambassador too? No, I'm just one of the people who helps spread the good word. Okay. <laughs> She's a tremendous friend and supporter. Absolutely. Um, 
honestly, you know, Nolan came and he we did an event. It was the family reunion. I remember Salamander. it was a family reunion. Yes, at the Salamander. And he performed a piece. And I remember going, wow, this is fantastic. This is different. Like, I want to, you know, I want to see this when this happens. And then a few weeks later, Carla reached out and she's like, hey, we have this event. I think that you would be amazing. Um, and that's kind of how we all got connected. I did the event and truly, I just believed in what they were doing. And it's not often that you, you know, meet someone or meet people who are doing something very special and you're able to be a part of it. And I, I'm so happy to just be able to just spread the good word, truly. Well, and I'm really happy to have you. <laughs> But so let me ask, so Nolan, as you were putting together, because food is so important to the show. I mean, we are at a sort of memorial uh, to, you know, the history of mittens, but but to the death. And but there's the food is so important. There's songs about it and they're eating it. And I kind of want to know why some isn't being passed out to the audience because we're all <laughs> only because of COVID. Let's be clear. I will watch the show, like, I don't understand why there's not mac and cheese or something like that. <laughs> pass around. Um, but uh, no, uh, so did you use Tiffany and Carla? Like, did you guys talk about the food and what it would look like and how that buffet would be set out? Because I, I think it speaks volumes to how it's all presented. Well, you know, we had early conversations with Carla about how we might make the show an immersive experience, mm -hmm. but quite, quite candidly, those con conversations went away once COVID. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, and honestly, that would also be just a fortune to execute, right? Like yeah, yeah. But, you know, we had some really clever ideas of how we could do it. And um, and then there was like a, a lot of conversation even about how we might have a certain aromas wafting, you know, in the air. And But all of that has gone away. <laughs> um, but That's a good idea. I it love really that. is. You know, like when, when the okra dish is being served that you wow. suddenly kind of smell that. But, Onions. you know. Yeah, the yeah. onions, the garlic, okay. the peppers, the you know, the stewed tomatoes, the all chicken. of that. The chicken. Yeah, the chicken. That would be yeah. amazing. That and would that's be something. Amazing. Smell the chicken. Yeah. But you know, we hope that you know, maybe by the time we get to New York, uh, that the COVID um, pandemic will be in check and then we can uh, revisit those Play conversations. With that. Hey, yeah. or a special events or some kind of special event where you know you can really enjoy it. I know when we did the other, um, as we were talking about sort of, they were telling me the songs and this was way before I, I experienced it at all. Mm -hmm. um, and he was said Black Eyed Peas. And I said, oh, okay, well, you know, I did a Black Eyed Pea hummus with Black Eyed Pea fritters. And then we yeah. were talking about, you know, different things. And so there was a moment where people could experience a little bit, but I think honestly, it's just so good that you you can use your own senses and your your thoughts as you're sitting there and listening. Um, and I think that's what's so great about the music is that it transports you, right? You're sitting there and you're hearing, hearing about the Black Eyed Peas and you're like, oh my gosh, yes. You know, and then you're hearing about what they put in each dish and, and you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I can Mouth taste is watering. Hot tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I've heard more audience members say at the end of the show, I am hungry. I am hungry. <laughs> I know, Tiffany, maybe 
you need to open up a restaurant like across the street or a pop-up. Maybe there's a pop-up or something. We'll come up with this offline, but I do think that there's something that's missing from it. Um, Well, I just, I want to go back a little bit to the show itself. Uh, First of all, um, Nolan, how long will it be in town for? So let me, I do not want to miss the opportunity to shout out my producing partner, the amazing Dale Mott and his company, Edgewood, who mm-hmm. along with my company, New Works Productions, uh, make up the entity, which is Grace the Musical LLC. So shout, huge shout out to Dale and right. a huge shout out to Sheila Johnson, our hospitality ambassador, who's been such an amazing supporter. The show will be at uh, Ford until May the 14th. Okay. And so um, people have time, you know, we're, we're doing eight shows a week and we have two matinees a week. So people have options. Um, you know, it'd be a, a travesty for folk to let this show close without having the, the opportunity to really come and see it and experience it. I promise you it will be, you know, a worthwhile theatrical experience to come. Well, can we talk about uh, quickly before we wrap up, I, I'd like to talk about the theater selection was how does that because for people who aren't in theater they may not or who aren't avid theater goers they may not understand how that comes to fruition so was it a place that you thought was right for the show so you know the development of grace which has been ongoing since 2014 and if you go to gracethemusical.com you can see the full development there at the bottom of uh, our homepage. We were actually selected after having um, done workshops of the the show at Cleveland Playhouse for two years. Mm-hmm. We were se- selected for the Humana Festival of New American Plays. And we were originally supposed to premiere the show two years ago in, at Actors Theater in Louisville, Kentucky, and then COVID. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like every other word I'm saying. Today, I know, we all say it. <laughs> Someday, but, um, we yeah. say it, right? Yeah. Hopefully, someday. So, and we hope. Right. So we came back, and after losing that opportunity, we were two weeks, Nikki and Tiffany, from opening the show. Like, oh. literally, the set was up. Oh. Everything was done. We were ready to go. Mm-hmm. And we had to shut down uh, the, the show. Uh, we were hoping that it was temporary, and it wasn't. But we came back, and we launched uh, now an award, what is an award-winning uh, live chat series, Carla Hall and myself launched this with Dale as producer, and we found great success with that. We couldn't bring people to Humana, so we figured we'd bring grace to people. Mm-hmm. We thought we were, were, were going to reach a few thousand people. Well, six episodes in, we had reached half a million people. Wow. <laughs> and so um, that project thankfully won two Telly Awards bronze prizes for best non-scripted web series and um, best food and beverage web series. We're grateful for that. Mm -hmm. So after that, we started basically getting attention from folk in the industry, not only the food and beverage industry, but the theater industry. It was really Sheila Johnson who said, hey, um, I uh, have connections here for, I just, let me just share this with them to see if there may be an interest. Um, By that point, we were reaching out to different theaters in different parts of the country uh, because we were trying to find a way, a home, trying to land a home for the project after having lost the Humana opportunity. And um, thankfully, the folk at Ford saw the the relevance of the project and um, 
you know, that's how this all came about. So I think really the lesson is twofold. One, when things don't work out as you plan, don't give up, like keep yes. finding, a, keep working the plan. Yes. So we did not realize that our idea of creating the live chat by Grace live chat series, that it would be as successful as it was, mm -hmm. but we just followed that hunch and put it out there. And what we found was that Whereas we would have reached maybe 10,000 people at Humana, we reached 500,000 people through our online chat series. And we reached people around the world. And we gained the attention of folk that needed to be paying attention to the project from New York to DC and beyond. So um, that's the one lesson. And then the other is um, to, to really find non-traditional ways perhaps to approach this you know we had never heard of ambassadors for a show before mm. but we just kind of said hey this seems like an interesting kind of approach so we approached carla we approached sheila they said yes mm -hmm. and um they have used their celebrity their influence to really help us um move the project forward and for that we are forever grateful well, so you mentioned New York. So yes. how does that happen? Yeah, these days, that's a really great question. But you know, the wonderful thing is that we did a workshop of the of the show in New York in August, we were able to get a lot of uh, Broadway insiders to come to that uh, mm -hmm. producers and other influencers. And so folk are paying attention. Right. Uh, thank, thanks to our tremendous team um that is at work behind the scenes from our publicists uh the the press room up in new york who you know the, the publicist for hamilton and six and everything else yeah. and they're also our publicists we're grateful for that we're like the small the little engine that could and then um with our uh management with uh all of the other folk that are working behind the scenes you know we are regularly convening conversations, regularly making appeals, regularly putting the project out there. Um, it, it is a marathon. It's not a dash. It's not something that happens overnight. I'm sure Tiffany can relate because is that yeah. any different from like opening up a restaurant? It's like this. Feel, I feel like we're talking about the same thing. Same thing. Yeah. I, honestly, as I was sitting here listening and thinking about it, and I think part of why I liked Grace the Musical so much is because I really could see myself in it, right? Like mm -hmm. at any point down the road, you know, we all hope and, and hope that our businesses can last that long. Mm -hmm. And if it does, the odds are that you're gonna be having similar issues. You're always gonna have the family, the family dynamics, right? They're always gonna be there. Um, and you're and, going to be high, right? And you're also one of the that song. What what's the name of the song? The Lose It All song. Um, uh, again, again, yeah, again. <laughs> I've heard that song now maybe four times. Mm -hmm. It was my favorite of all. And then when I heard it sitting there in Fords, I tell you what, I was holding back so much emotion. I, oh Lord, I'm not wow. gonna crown this because- Oh my wow. God, he was bawling. I was crying. Oh wow. my goodness. I was, I mean, I was seeing myself, like, I don't yeah. want to feel that. Yeah. I yeah. don't want anyone to feel that, right? And 
there is something so special about these types of businesses, these types of restaurants. And I feel like outside of just a family dynamic, outside of the restaurant, we must do all we can to save those restaurants and those yeah. businesses that's been around for so long. So it was a community message as well. So, I mean, it just hits so many different facets, so many emotions. You're going to laugh, you're going to cry, you know, <laughs> you're going to stand up and give ovations. Like, I mean, it was just... It was so well done. So well done. I know. I really do feel the same way. I mean, anytime you leave the theater with a pep in your step, you know, dancing, like, you know, when everybody comes out all in white at the end, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's very moving. All right. On that note, it's such an absolute pleasure to speak with both of you today, sharing your time. I know how busy you both are. Um, once again, um, Nolan, if you would share where people can find information about sure. Grace the Musical. Sure, please go to Fords.org, F-O-R-D-S.org. Uh, you can get ticket information. There's lots of uh, additional information. You can also go to GraceTheMusical.com um, to get information there. Um, and you can also go to NolanWilliamsJr.com. Basically, all roads lead to the same place. Okay, and yeah. Chef Tiffany, where can we find you, please? Instagram, online, yes. the best place to find out what you're doing to keep track of you. TiffanyDairyConcepts.com has everything you need. If you're looking on social, you can just find me at MasterChefTD, Tiffany Dairy, MasterChefTD. Excellent. Thank you both for joining me today. Well, if that doesn't get you motivated to go see Grace and Musical, I don't know what will. It is certainly worth going to. Also, of course, you want to check out everything that Tiffany Derry is doing. She has got a lot of balls in the air. She is an incredible woman, an amazing chef, and doing incredible things, uh, not just for uh, women chefs of color, but also for women in general and for the community at large. Uh, so it was such a treat to have Nolan Williams Jr., the composer and creator of Grace the Musical, and Chef Tiffany Derry on the show today. And I want to Thank you too for joining me here on Industry Night on Real Fun DC. So many exciting things are going on, not just here in DC, but all over the region now that the pandemic feels like it's finally going wishfully into the background. We're keeping our fingers crossed. Uh, please go to the listareyouonit.com, the online e-zine that tells you everything happening in the DC metro area. Of course, follow me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And hey, some places still want you to wear a mask. Some places want to see your vaccine card. It is no big deal. Just smile, do what they ask, and then you can go and have a great time. So be safe out there, everyone. Take your kindness bills, being kind to everyone, and have a delicious week. Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Real Fun DC.